Welcome to the Twin City Auto Wildcat Pre-Game Show with your host, Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. Yes. Well, welcome everybody to the Twin City Auto Wildcats pre-game show coming to you this week from Wildcat Stadium. A chance to get out of the normal spot down over in the high school building three's uh, soundstage and out for our homecoming stuff happening tonight. Behind us, you got the Wildcat marching band and the football team will be out a little bit later and the cheerleaders and uh, Coach Elmore along with Brett Hass joining me here. And uh, Coach, uh, an exciting game over at Scottsboro last Friday night and we were about a foot away for not being quite as exciting. Yeah, it was a little more exciting than I was wanting, I can promise you. Um, yeah, but if, if, if you're a fan or a player in that game, I mean, what a, what a neat experience. It wasn't that neat for me. I was, I was nervous as I could be in the, in the last two minutes. But uh, uh, great, great way to win a game. And I told our, uh, you know, we got our seniors right now. I told them the other day, I said, you guys have been a part now of three of the most exciting games I've seen in a while. And, you know, our, our, their 10th grade year, we, we won, had the Hail Mary over May Jemison to win. And then last year, we go for two in overtime and win at Buckhorn. And, and then this year, we basically stop them on the, on the six-inch line uh, to win. So, uh, you know, exciting win, great win for our kids. I know they were excited. And obviously, you know, it, a little bit more to it when it's Scottsboro and, and, uh, and for the Top Cat Trophy. So that's something they'll remember for a long time. And, and just glad we got out of there with a win. You know, over the last decade, uh, our record against Scottsboro going into that game was seven wins and three losses. So, of course, now our uh, record moves to eight and three. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, of course, we, we never liked losing to them, and, and we lost to them my first year here, and that was a miserable feeling. So, uh, uh, and Brent can remember that back when he played. That, that, if there's one team you don't want to lose to, it's them. And, and uh, uh, we were glad that, uh, like I said, felt pretty good at halftime up 31-14. And, and it kind of unraveled on us in the second half, and you give Scottsboro a lot of credit for not giving up, and they just they stayed with what they did. And uh, like we talked about at halftime, you know, possessions were so key. Uh, I think we had eight possessions and scored on seven of them. Uh, I think they had eight possessions and scored on five of them. So uh, it, it was a, it was kind of a wild game, and, and, and we had to be very efficient on offense, and, and we were for the most part, but we had the one turnover in the second half that kind of got them back in the game and gave them a chance to win the game at the end. Well, at the half, we were up 34 to uh, 14, and it looked like we had everything under control. Then when we came back out for the second half, they kind of stepped on it there. Their quarterback really just took over the game. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, you know, they come out and score, make a 31-21, and then we turn it over, and then the next thing you know, it's 31-28, and then all of a sudden we're in a game. And, uh, uh, you know, we were able to uh, – actually, I said 31-28. They missed a, a, an extra point there, I guess, somewhere, and then missed a two-point conversion. So – uh, it stayed 31-26 there for a while, and then we got a field goal from Alex to push it to eight, and then, they, of course, they tied it. And, and uh, you know, I think the thing that uh, I was probably the most proudest of offensively, you know, besides scoring 41 points was – it's 34-34, and, and they've got all the momentum, and we haven't done a whole lot the second half. We've had two possessions, scored three points, um, and we put together, a, you know, about a 65-yard drive and converted several third downs and, and, and drove down there and scored uh, with about a minute 40 to go to, to, to win the game. So, uh, you know, to, to, to be as ineffective as we were in the second half offensively, I was proud of our kids that they didn't panic and they didn't get nervous or get worried. They just put together a drive and, and were able to go down there and score and get points. Uh, I don't know the attitude on the sideline, you know, after we were in such control for the greater part of the, at least the first half. Uh, uh, what did you do to keep the kids' heads up there when they started getting 
you know, catching up with us? I don't know. I think we just we talk constantly, you know, before the games about can you handle the highs and lows of the game, and I think that's, that's easy for me to say, uh, you know, before the game, but, but it's, you know, the kids have got to be able to do it. And I think for the most part we've done a pretty good job of that here lately. We maybe didn't do such a great job early in the season, but uh, the last two weeks there's been – there's been some good things happen to us, and there's been some bad things happen to us. And, I, and I've noticed when, when, when things don't go our way, I don't see any finger pointing. I don't see anybody hanging their head. I don't see anybody making excuses. They just they decide to play. And, um, uh, you know, I think a big part of that, I'll give our quarterback a, a lot of credit. I mean, J.D.'s a passionate guy, and he, and, uh, he, he, he loves the game. And I think, I think the kids believe in him, and, and he believes every time we take the field, we're going to score. And, and I think the offense kind of rallies behind him, and, and he did a good job of keeping us calm in a, in a big moment there in the fourth quarter. Brett, there was a whole lot of exciting plays throughout the game on offense and on defense. Yes, there was, and, and that's that's what I want to lead off with Chris on. You know, we were we were talking off the air about uh, Cam and how, mm-hmm. how how far along he's come, and we've watched him. Seems like we've watched him for four years. Yeah. He started, I think, as a ninth grader at corner, uh, or played some at corner. Tenth grader at corner. Tenth yeah. grader. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. well, he's he's really excelled, and we like I said, we talked about that off the air, but. Uh, we talked about the first touchdown that he he scored with around 30 yards. Tell us a little bit about that play. Yeah, that was a, that was a great play, and I bragged on Cam and JD and uh, film with the team, you know, because that play it was a great throw and a great catch down down our sideline. But but what the interesting thing about that play is we we do a drill every day to start practice, and I, I think some kids maybe would get bored with it or get tired of it if we call it pat and go. But it's basically a warm up drill for our quarterbacks and receivers, and we throw a couple of short routes, and then we start throwing some some deep balls. And and I made the point to the team every time I watch that drill, it doesn't matter if it's Monday, doesn't matter if it's Thursday, doesn't matter if it's a big game and not a big game, doesn't matter if it's in the summer. When Cam and J.D. do that drill, they, they are intentional about the drill and they, they're they trying to get better every time. And, and every time J.D. throws a deep ball, he's trying to throw it in a perfect spot. And every time Cam t- catches one, he's trying to do the fundamentals right and look the ball all the way in and use his body to shield from the defender and all the things we talk about. And that's what I told our team. I said, it's interesting. When guys do that at practice, it's funny how in a big moment it shows up and it, and it looks easy. Because when you watch that play on film, it looks pretty easy. It's that was an easy deal. He just threw it down there and Cam caught it. But those two guys work on that every day, and they work on it the right way. And uh, and when we needed a huge play right there early in the game, they both made it. And so it was a great play by both of them. And, uh, you know, obviously there's nine other guys doing their job too, but but it was basically we just kind of a little play-action fake to hold the safety and, uh, and basically had Cam one-on-one down the sideline, and it was just a great throw and a great catch to, to get the first touchdown. Yeah, we talked about that over and over, I think, about how how good, great the catch was, but also the throw, the way he threw it into the sideline. And then Cam drifts out there and you can tell that's something that's worked on you don't just wake up and do that but those two two guys really shine this week yeah and another thing we caught them off guard was the onside kick we talked about in the booth that looked like the falcons against the cowboys a few weeks ago when the falcons didn't respond to it and scottsboro really didn't know what to do yeah and i I think you know obviously with alex probably the last thing you expect us to do probably is onside kick but uh we noticed in film that they had their their guy on the right side, which is the easiest place for Alex to kind of do a surprise is to the right. We noticed he was about five yards further back than normal for some reason. And so I told Alex early in the week, I said, look, I think we might can do the surprise right. You know, we did it two years ago against Alvarez, and we got it. And uh, he uh, – so, again, going back to practice, when I told Alex that on Monday or Tuesday, I saw him the rest of the week. I, I looked down there in the end zone. He had cones set up and dummies. And I'm like, what is he doing? I didn't know. I thought he was playing some sort of game down there by himself. But, <laughs> but he's working on that kick. He's down there working working on that kick and how to kick it the right where he needs to kick it and because uh, he knew he has to put it in the perfect spot. And uh, and he did it. He put it right in the perfect spot. And like I said, it caught him off guard. And Brax goes and did a great job. You know, that looks easy too, you know, just to recover it. But I mean, that's an easy thing to, to boot that out of bounds or not recover it. And Brax goes and got on it. And, and like I said, I think that's a big play in the game because we knew – 
they would if they got going on offense we knew they would keep the ball and sustain drives and run clock and we wouldn't be able to get the ball and so to get an extra possession there in the first half uh, from them was a big deal and, and and that was when it was 10 to 7 and so basically you know they scored to go up 7-3 and then when they got the ball back they're down 17-7 that's a big thing momentum wise and I think that gave us a a good start to the game and and, and you, know, you know again fortunately we had that big lead because we needed every point in the second half. And, you know, Coach, also when we come in, on the, I think on the second score, Cam Cam gets another touchdown. Yeah, so. and, you know, again, kind of similar deal, just uh, uh, he's one-on-one. -on -one and, we, you know, one thing I look back from the game, I guess we should have done more of it, throw it to him more. They were one-on-one -on, -one on him a lot, a lot all night. And that's why Hunter had a hard time because they just loaded everybody in there to stop him. But, uh, you know, it wasn't as great a throw by J.D. He underthrew him a little bit. But, but what a great catch by Cam just to play the ball. And, and that's what I tell J.D., if, even if you underthrow it, if, you, if he's one-on-one, -on -one, if you give him a chance, I'll take our chances with him over most corners because he plays the ball so well. And I think a lot of that is to do what you mentioned earlier, but he played corner for two years. So he has, he's got great ball skills. He understands how to play the ball in the air. Uh, and he made a great adjustment on that pass, even though it was underthrown, and then did a great job of, of breaking a tackle and, and, and make, turning it probably what it should have been a 35-yard gain into a big 77-yard touchdown and, uh, and kind of ran away from them there. And, again, I, you know, it goes unnoticed. But that was about a minute and 40 to go in the half. Who's to say that if, we, if they had tackled him there, we would have scored? And that was a big play also for him to go and get in the end zone from uh, 77 yards out. Yeah, and what a lot of people don't realize is, is you don't get, when you go one on one with a guy out there on the edge, you've probably got. It's likely that was the best defensive back they had, and you could tell he was athletic. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot about the kid, but I could tell mm -hmm. he was athletic. So the plays he was making on him was it was very impressive. Yeah, yeah it was. Well, Cam was probably the star of the first half with those catches. Uh, also, Hunter Love did his usual thing and had a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, I think Hunter ended up having over 100 yards rushing and three touchdowns at a couple of one-yard touchdown runs uh, down inside the you know, the five-yard area. And then the biggest one was uh, was at the end of the game. Of course, uh, we're on the 14, and we were trying to run some clock. And, 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 you know, we knew once we got inside the 25, I felt confident that, if, you know, even if worst-case scenario, we run this thing down, we'll let Alex kick it to win the game. But uh, uh, we ran a little inside zone play to the right, and Hunter, Hunter did a great job of seeing the cutback lane. And Sawyer Burt does a nice job on that play of, of getting a kick-out block on the backside. And, uh, and, and opens up a big gap. Uh, Riley Kuhn watched his guy kind of down to the right, and, and the hole opened up. Hunter saw it and, and uh, ran it in from 14 yards out to put us up, you know, 41-34. So big play in the game and, uh, you know, feel a lot better, you know, when you go up seven right there as opposed to having to be up by three. Yeah. Coach, we were talking about the last two plays of the game and the quarterback Manning and – he was probably – I was probably more impressed with him than anybody I saw on the Scottsboro side. And, and of course, Scottsboro is already always ready to play. But uh, tell us a little, about, a little bit about Manning and also about those last two plays, how yeah. big those were. I thought he played great. And, you know, we told our kids, I, he probably was the best player on the field. And I'm not trying to be mean to our kids. He played a great game tonight. I mean, he, he, was, he was downhill. He was physical. And he, he broke tackles and uh, had a phenomenal night. And, and, you know, he gets hurt on, on the play, but uh, I guess on the second down play or first down play. And just a kind of a, we, we tackled him on about the five, I guess, and rolled him up on his ankle a little bit. Uh, I initially thought, well, he's probably okay, but then when he stayed down for a second, I said, oh, he must be hurt. And uh, you hate it for him, but that's probably the difference in the game. I mean, I, I'm, I'm uh, uh, smart enough to figure out if he'd have stayed in, I don't know if we'd have stopped him. And uh, when he went out there, of course, they had to go with their uh, uh, number five winning quarterback, and, and uh, he ran the ball the first play. And we did a great job there on the first play with uh, uh, just team defense. Layden Crow, Daryl Prater, Devin Wells, Will Green all just kind of converged on him and, and stopped him up there about the two-yard line. And then and then the next play, they, they handed it to Branford, and, and uh, he makes a great cut. It looks like he's going to get in, but Darwin Camp gets some of it, and Caden Holdenbrook, and uh, we were able to, uh, to get him down on about the – 
the one foot line there, and he kind of spun late and crossed the, the plane, but he, he was already down at that point. Uh, but the interesting thing about that play, and we didn't notice that we watched film, they had a little uh, halfback pass on. They, their tight end released out into the corner of the end zone, and I think Branford just thought, I can score, and he decided to run it in. That tight end was uncovered in the back of the end zone. If he stops and throws it to him, they score. But, uh, you know, luckily for us, he decided to run it, and we were able to stop him. And, uh, and then, obviously, they were out of timeouts, and the clock ran out on them. So uh, it, it was a great way to win the game and uh, uh, get out of there with the Top Cat Trophy. Yeah, you mentioned the Top Cat Trophy. Once again, it comes back on. Well, it was in Fort Payne from mm -hmm. last season, but yep. we get to retain it for another year. And we talked earlier about how this is eight out of the last, what, 11 mm -hmm. years that we've kept the Top Cat Trophy. Yeah, and I'm sure a couple of those were, were when Bo Nix was the quarterback, so that's probably a little, a little bit different deal when you're playing Scottsboro and Bo Nix is over there. But uh, uh, it's definitely a better feeling coming back home from there than it was two years ago when, when we, we had so many injuries that night and, 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 lo and lost to them. And, you know, they played well, and, and, uh, uh, and they beat us over there on our home field two years ago. So definitely a better, better outcome for us, even though it was – a little bit frustrating in the second half at times. It was nice to get out of there, uh, you know, with that trophy again. I know the little parade we have coming back into town led by the police department uh, after every win was especially special after uh, after this win. Yeah, of course, that's I've always said that's one of the neater traditions you'll see and not, not every uh, – or I, I've not heard of it from any other places. Not many places have that, and, and we're thankful for our police department and, and our community that they, they've kind of continued that tradition over the years. You know, a lot of things uh, like that maybe have gotten changed over the years and, and uh, not, not allowed to do, but it's, it's neat for our kids to be able to ride through town and honking the horn and, and, uh, and being able to, you know, kind of celebrate the win with the community. Well, we're going to take a break. Then we'll come back to the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show coming to you live from Wildcat Stadium. We are more than a hospital. We are a community. And we are there for you. Local care when you need it. For more information and specialties, visit DeKalbRegional.com. And we will be welcome to town the Southside Panthers uh, to Fort Payne for our homecoming opponent. Uh, Southside not having a bad year this year, Coach. And it's, it's another one of those games that, that kind of stirs the emotions of Fort Payne when we start taking on Southside. 
Yeah, a lot of good uh, games over the years, and uh, have, have not played them since I've been back here. But uh, you know, Fort Payne South I've played for, for a lot of years, obviously, and we're in the same region for many years, and so they're back in our region this year. And and like I said, they've had they've had a good season. They beat Springville last week, an exciting game, uh, 54 to 41, and and uh, you know, have won pretty much all their non-region games, I guess. And then they uh, uh, they also beat Pell City early in the year, so they're they're two and two in the region, and uh, they've lost to Arab and lost to Oxford, and um, it's a, it's going to be a big game because. Uh, it, you know, it, it's not necessarily going to def- uh, finalize seeding, but uh, it, it'll go a long way in, in pretty much locking up a, a home playoff game for us uh, if we were able to win it. So uh, I think it would probably uh, seal that up if we can get that game. And um, if we don't, it doesn't mean we're, we we can't get a home playoff game, but it, it would pretty much lock it up with a win. So it'll be a big game, and uh, we'll, we'll need to be ready to play. Coach, uh, what uh, as far as Southside is concerned, coming in here playing, uh, and they have not been in our region. What what do you look for them offensive and defensively? You know, they've got a really good quarterback and running back this year, which makes them, you know, probably one of the more balanced teams we've seen. I don't know if we've seen anybody maybe since Gaston City that uh, was able to run and throw. Uh, you know, you know, although Scottsport did a good job last week, we were just talking about that off the air, about how they, they threw it much better last week than, they, than they've shown all year. Uh, but basically going into each week, the last several weeks, we've been able to focus either on one, you know, one thing or the other. But uh, uh, the rich kid does a good job throwing the ball. And, and uh, Carnell Davis, I, of course, anytime I hear the name Carnell and, and it's down there in Gadsden, I <laughs> I get a little nervous. I'm like, what in the world? We got? So, but Carnell Davis is a pretty good player too, and uh, he's had a good year for him. And um, they do a good job of, of getting the ball to him, but also letting Rich throw the ball down the field. And so, uh, we're going to have to be, you know, much improved on defense. And I think our defense will be. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, football is a crazy game, and it, and it is high school football. And some weeks you you play really well, and some weeks you don't play so well. And I think defense, defensively, last week we just had a little bit of an off week, and they had played so great against Etowah, and I, I, I expect our defense to come back. This week, uh, with a different, uh, you know, sense of urgency and different mindset, and uh, and like I said, we've got a we've got a big challenge ahead of us because uh, between the quarterback and the running back, they're going to be hard to stop, and uh, we'll have to be uh, disciplined. Though, and that was the thing we talked about from Scottsboro. When you go back and watch the film and watch the mistakes we made, offensively and defensively, it just really comes back to just doing your job. A lot of the things we had, and you asked me at halftime about the option responsibilities. A lot of it came back to there was times when when one guy decided he was not going to do his job. He tried to do somebody else's job. And that's hard. Sometimes on, on defense you think, well, maybe I should take pitch this time. No, you take quarterback because you're supposed to take quarterback let somebody else take pitch. And so uh, we just got to get back to doing our responsibility and doing it the right way every time. Uh, and if all 11 guys will do that on defense, then, then we'll be in better shape. You know, most of our teams in our region have shown the ability to put on a lot of points or mm-hmm. up a lot of points. Do you think maybe our defense is kind of what sets us apart from those other teams? I hope so. And, that, you know, it's going to be – that will be probably the difference Friday night is, is like you said, uh, you know, they've, they've shown they can score a lot of points. And, and, and uh, you know, they scored uh, uh, 54 on uh, Springville. And, of course, we did – we scored 38. But uh, uh, the difference was Springville scored 41 on them. So, uh, hopefully – our defense can do a better job of, of controlling them and, and get us the football, and, and hopefully we can continue to play well offensively. But I, that's going to be a big key in the game is uh, is how well does our defense play? Because like you said, they played well at Arab. Uh, we played well. Uh, we played well against Springville, and, and we played we played well at times versus Scottsboro. But we just had too many plays that were just uh, you know maybe undisciplined is not the right word, but just too many plays where one guy was off, one guy was not doing his assignment, and that that caused us problems and gave them uh, gave them opportunities.
you know, the last uh, Etowah and Scottsboro both had several guys playing both ways. Mm -hmm. Southside, have you have you a few a few not as probably as many as Etowah. They've got a couple of linemen playing both ways, uh, and 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 the the Davis kid, the running back, occasionally comes in and plays some defensive end. Uh, they don't have as nearly as many as Etowah did, but like you said, Etowah and Scottsboro both had several playing both ways. Uh, so it won't be as many as those two teams, but there are they do have a few guys uh, that they play on both sides of the ball. So you know, we hope again that'll be an advantage for us because we we have have a few guys that play, you know, Cam will play occasionally at corner, and, and we have a couple of defensive guys, Daryl Prater and Mikhail Maxwell, that will come in on some certain packages on offense. But, you know, in general, we are pretty much playing guys, you know, uh, uh, on one side of the ball or the other. So, you know, hopefully that will be a, a difference for us Friday night too, just, you know, the, the, the fatigue of the game and, uh, um, you know, being able to, to, to be fresher than the other, the other team. More and more, J.D. is showing uh, his ability to run the offense, and I'm sure you're getting more and more comfortable every week with uh, putting in the hands of J.D. We are, and, you know, he, he had the he had the one interception the other night, but, uh, you know, that's what I love about him is when he makes a mistake like that, he, he's as hard on himself as anybody is. He's not a guy that comes over and makes an excuse or blames somebody else. He's, he's as hard on himself as he is anybody, and, and he just overthrew that ball a little bit. And looking at when it's third and 14, you know, sometimes you, you take uh, – uh, plays like that sometimes that happens we don't we don't encourage interceptions but sometimes you take a shot down the field and it doesn't work out for you but he he really has and we you know we knew last week we were going to have to throw it we knew, we knew that Scottsboro would would essentially dare us to throw and, and and put you know eight or nine people in there to stop Hunter and and so we said all week we're going to have to throw the football and and uh you know look kind of like what we said about Etowah in the second half we're going to have to throw the football and, and he's done he's answered the bell both those times and made big plays when we needed him to make and you know I think he had over 250 yards passing last week and uh uh, you know, was 12 of 8. That's the best thing is he's, you know, he's being 12 of 18. He's not getting 250 yards passing by throwing it 40 times. He's doing it by being efficient on the throws we do have. And uh, if he can continue to do that and, and like you said, just direct the offense and get us in the right play, uh, I think we're going to be uh, hopefully hard to stop as we go down the, go down the straight. And, again, the other night, the biggest thing is I think everybody knows we can run Hunter. Uh, being able to throw it to Cam, being able to throw it to Sawyer, being able to throw it to Connor Cash, got a couple of catches, Marcus Ledford, and, and we spread the ball out a little bit more, uh, which, you know, to me, I, I've – helps me or gives it gives us confidence I think because now they got to defend the whole field and not just one guy or two guys or whoever it is you know we've said we've said all year coach that that just from sitting in the booth which you know I coach flag football you know that <laughs> uh, we've said that all year we seem like when we get our backs against the wall and we kind of get it seems like when we get outside try to get outside the box a little bit and un, in the uncomfort zone so to speak we do better it's yeah. like it's like we when we push our button we, it, we see another level of our offense, and yeah. it's, been, it's been very entertaining. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I tell our guys all the time, I should probably be more aggressive than I am, but sometimes when you got 250-pound Hunter Love sitting back there, yeah. it's hard not to call that play that he gets it. I mean, and, and it, it's, a, it's a dilemma that I get into sometimes is, you know, yes, we need to throw the ball, and yes, we need to spread it around, and, and, and like you said, be more aggressive. Uh, but then you see number two sitting back there, and you go, hmm, it seems like it'd be pretty good just to hand him the ball right here. And uh, so uh, it, it's something I try to balance every night. And, and, you know, I think, again, you know, he had, I think, around 27, 28 carries for 100 yards or whatever the night. But, again, he's the best best I've ever been around about turning two into five. I mean, he had so many other night where it was, should have been a two-yard gain, and all of a sudden he got five somehow. Well, now it's second and five still a second and eight. That's a big deal. And, and that opens up the entire playbook. And now you can be uh, more balanced and, you know, try to throw the ball on second down if you need to because now you don't worry about being third and five so uh we're still trying to you know mix that in and realize that we, we want to get him the football but at the same time we don't want to be too predictable and make sure 
we, uh, you know, uh, I hate to say the word mix it up, but, but be more balanced. And, again, I don't mean balanced necessarily 50% run, 50% pass. I just mean balanced. Use the entire field. You know, you know, throw throw out to this side one time, throw down the middle this time, out here the one time, hand it to Hunter, and just and keep them off balance. And that's what we got to, you know, hopefully try to continue to do. And uh, and we and the kids did a good job, but we tried to play more up tempo last week because again we thought we could wear them down. And, and uh, uh, they did a good job of doing that. In fact, I told them I said I was watching. I was actually watching the playback from the game, watching y'all's thing, and I was noticing because I don't see the in between stuff, and that's why I watch that sometimes. I want to watch what happens in between plays. Sometimes I don't see it. I'm looking at my play sheet or whatever it is, and and our guys did a great job of well they were on the ball they were waiting and they're really waiting on me they're waiting on me to make a call because they're ready to go 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 and, and if they can keep that mentality i think that's going to help us uh, down the stretch because i think we i think we play better when we try to play fast and and, and get going and, and try to uh, force the tempo and uh, we indeed did that trying to hurry up to the ball the line of scrimmage yeah. each time and of course uh you know, Scottsboro kind of did that also, and sometimes that worked to their benefit also. Yeah, and they almost kind of did the opposite in some ways. They were they were going they were going to run the clock all the way down. That's why we felt like let's hurry up because the again it goes back to maximizing possessions. And I guess the way we looked at it is if we had not played up tempo all night, we might have only got seven possessions instead of eight, and that might have been the difference in the game. So. Um, it was – it's something we need to do. And it's not going to be something we do every Friday night, but it was definitely something we need to do last Friday night. And, I, again, just proud of our kids for taking the coaching during the week and, and stuff we emphasize. And then I see it show up on Friday night. I see them being intentional about you – know, we talked about, you know, when you're down, go hand the ball to the official because that will help us get the play lined up or the ball spotted quicker. Uh, and I saw that happen multiple times when I was watching the playback on y'all's broadcast. And uh, that's encouraging to me because that means they're listening and being coachable and, and trying to do the right things. Well, as you can hear and see behind us, the Wildcat Stadium getting ready for this Friday night's homecoming game, and the excitement's already building, Coach. And hopefully, with Brett and Coach, we're going to have a big crowd out Friday night, an enthusiastic crowd for our homecoming. Yeah, and, you know, of course, I know everybody's been probably curious all week of uh, are we going to play Thursday or Friday because of the, the weather. But we, we've stuck with Friday at this point, and I think we're going to stick with it. I think there's a chance of some showers, but I don't think uh, any of the really heavy rain or, or severe weather will be here till Saturday. So uh, we kind of like Friday night football around here as opposed to Thursday night. So we're going we're gonna to stick with it, and, and hopefully the weather will cooperate. And hopefully, like you said, we'll have a big crowd, and, and, and hopefully other people understand that, hey, maybe bring an umbrella or a rain jacket. It may rain for, you know, 10, 15 minutes or something. But I don't really think it's going to rain all night, and I think it'll be a good night for football and, and uh, hopefully a really good game. Well, if you can't be at Wildcat Stadium for homecoming, uh, you can watch on Fort Payne TV and all your popular apps, but hopefully you'll be able to be here with us live. So this uh, on-location shot tonight for homecoming 2020. Let's thank Coach Elmore and Brett Hass, and we'll see you guys at the stadium on Friday night, and go Cats! Thank you for watching the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show with hosts Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. Go Wildcats!